0: Over the last year and a half, uh, we've had one theme called Love Thy Neighbor. And we've tried to encourage, through the Bible, people to show love to their neighbors. Uh, Love your neighbor as yourself. The Bible says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind. And it also says, the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. And we should still, as we've joked about, we're not going to love our neighbor anymore. But we're still going to love our neighbor. We, uh, We still should love our neighbor. We should still find ways to show love to our neighbor. Uh, the Lord's done a lot for us, hasn't he, over the last couple of years. Uh, well, over the last seven years, but over the last couple of years, and then moving into this building and uh, into this community and the opportunity to reach a, a, a new community, one that we had not yet even attempted to reach. Uh, we've kind of been put right in the middle of it, so now it's, it's, it's our job to do so. And we've seen growth in our church. We've seen uh, uh, numbers grow. We've seen new families uh, join the people, join the church, which is wonderful and exciting and excellent as well. But uh, this is not the end, <laughs> this is the beginning still. And uh, now it's time for us to go forward. It's time for us not just to be content with where we are, but to press forward and to continue to do what God's told us to do. So this morning, I'd like us to look at this passage and uh, some thoughts on going forward. Then this afternoon, We're going to go a little bit practical, uh, look at four things this afternoon. It won't take us long about ways that we can go forward as a church um, and areas that we are going to go forward as a church as well. And we'll talk some about the events we have planned and things like that as well. So we're in Exodus chapter 14. Let's start reading in verse number 10. And uh, again, the context of this passage, this is the children of Israel have left Egypt have, uh, uh, after the plagues hit and everything like that, Pharaoh finally said, get out of here. So they left Egypt and they've come to uh, the uh, the Red Sea. And here they sit. And it says in verse number 10, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. So Pharaoh changed his mind, Remember? Uh, he had released the people from Egypt. Actually, the people of Egypt were like, hey, this is too much work. What happened to all of our workers? And, and uh, so they decided they were going to go after the children of Israel. And so as they approached, the people were afraid, it says there. Uh, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with uh, thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show thee this day. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever." The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. The Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your guidance for us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us this morning as we look at this new theme, as we look at this uh, thought going into this year or the rest of this year. God, that you would motivate us, that you would challenge us, that you would teach us, that you would encourage us to move forward with what you'd have for us. Lord, help us to see this morning from this familiar passage of Scripture um, the importance of going the direction that you desire for us to go. Help us now, Lord, I pray that you'd remove distractions. Lord, I pray that you'd clear my heart and my mind, that I can present these passages clearly and correctly. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. John Newton once said, I am not what I might be. I am not what I ought to be. I am not what I wish to be. I am not what I hope to be. But I, thank God, I am not what I once was. And it's a wonderful thought to think that we've come a certain way and we're no longer what we once were. And we are growing, and we're not there yet. We haven't attained yet, but we are headed the right direction. And I always think that's a good, a good statement from John Newton. But I also saw a phrase that said, the Christian walk is much like riding a bicycle. We are either moving forward or we're falling off. And it's interesting to think through that mindset of the Christian life. And in the Christian life, where are we headed? Are we stale? Are we stagnant? I work in the bug business. and When we walk around a yard, if we see stagnant water, water that's just sitting, we are told to dump it out because if you don't, then mosquitoes are going to be there. And no matter what you do, the mosquitoes will still be there if you don't take care of the stagnant water. Uh, you need moving water so that the, they can't lay the eggs in those kinds of things. If you look at the Christian life, oftentimes we get to this point where we get saved and we're excited, and we're serving God, and we're doing what God wants us to do. And then we get to this point, uh, at some point in our life, where now we become stale, we become stagnant. We're no longer moving forward. We're no longer growing. We're just sitting in one spot. And we get to this point in the Christian life where we have uh, failed to continue to grow. We would all say we could learn more, correct? Uh, I don't think there's a person in here today, and if you do say this, then you're wrong, uh, who would say... I, I'm, I'm there. I'm where I need to be. I, I don't need to grow anymore. I'm, I'm exactly where God wants me to be for the rest of my life. It's not the way it works. There's always room to grow, and there's always opportunity to go forward. And we look at this passage here in, in uh, Exodus, and I want us to see three things this morning. Number one, I want us to see don't go back. Don't go back. And in verse 13, we see Moses saying to the people as they're saying, well, you just brought us out here to die. And Moses says in verse 13, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, He's going to show it to you today. He says, the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Their mindset was, is why don't we just go back? You brought us out here. They're going to kill us. It would have been better for us to stay in Egypt. And I guarantee you there were people, because if we read through the wilderness adventure of the children of Israel, there were people who were already scheming a way to make a deal with the Egyptians, to go back and to not get hurt and those kinds of things. And they were trying to figure out a way to make it happen. But if you think about it, what was back in Egypt for them? There was hurt. They were beaten because they were slaves. There was shame. There were um, experiences and things like that that were not positive. Back is where sometimes past blessings are. I've been thinking about ways to term this, but maybe expired blessings. We think through the blessings that God has given us in our life, and sometimes we look back 10 years. We look back 15 years. We look back 20 years, and we say, boy, I remember when God did this in my life. Okay, but what's he doing today in your life? What blessings do you want to see from God down the road? Because if all we're doing is looking back, we're looking at expired blessings versus what can be blessed for us today. In verse 13, again, he says, see the salvation of the Lord. Moses says, don't go back, stand here and watch what God is going to do. You're going to see the salvation of the Lord, you're going to experience God in a new way. If you go back, you will not get to see this. Sometimes when we go back, it's back to where we depended on ourselves. Have you ever been to a spot in your life where you said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to accomplish this, I'm going to get it done on my own, and it didn't happen, and then finally you turn to God and you say, God, I need your help, I can't do this, God, I need your help and then you're sitting there and you're waiting for God to help you and it hasn't happened yet, and you go, you know what? I'm just going to do it by myself. Well, how has that worked out for you in the past? The the Israelites here, if they go back to Egypt and back to depending on themselves, what kind of life were they going to live? Back into slavery. How was that going to accomplish much for them? How was that going to be an enjoyable life? It wasn't going to happen, but it was dependent on self. And in verse 14, it says, The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Trust the Lord to fight for you, because he will. When Moses said this, he still didn't know what God was going to do. He had no idea what God was going to do, but he trusted and he had faith that God was going to take care of them. As a matter of fact, he had faith that God was going to deliver them because he says, the Lord shall fight for you. And it's interesting because you look at the situation where Moses is, and at this point, Moses still wasn't incredibly frustrated with the people. We see that later on in the wilderness adventure. But we see where he comes to this point now, and Moses is saying, guys, hang on a sec. We don't want to go back there. I mean, Moses couldn't go back, right? Moses had murdered somebody. Uh, Moses was uh, at one point a child of Pharaoh, so to say. He was adopted in. And, and he, he abandoned them. He couldn't go back. That wasn't going to work. They weren't going to just make him a slave. They would have killed him. <laughs> Excuse me. But not knowing what God was going to do, Moses said, wait here. God will fight for us. I kind of try to think through what Moses was thinking at this time, how he thought God was going to deliver him. Maybe he thought God was just going to wipe out the armies. Remember Abraham and Isaac? Abraham was told to go sacrifice his son. And Abraham told uh, the servants that were with him, you guys wait here, me and my son are going to go and worship the Lord, and then we're going to come back, me and him together. And God had told him to kill his son, but he had faith, the Bible tells us later in in Hebrews, that God was going to raise Isaac from the dead. And that wasn't God's plan. God actually never had him actually kill Isaac. But in in Abraham's mind, he had faith that whatever was going to happen, God was going to take care of it. Moses, not knowing exactly what was going to happen, had faith that God was going to take care of it. So trust God. Don't go back. Stay where you are and trust God where you are. You don't have to fight. And if you don't have to fight, then you don't have to be the one strategizing. All you have to do is have faith and watch. Again, in our life, we sit here and we try to fix things. Things that God can fix on his own. And we sit here and we try to strategize and we try to think and we try to battle plan for how I'm going to solve this problem, a problem that God says, if you just have faith in me, I'll take care of it for you. The problem with having faith in God is that we have to obey what God tells us to do. You see, God says, go get in the the fiery furnace. The three children of Israel had faith. They could be thrown in the fiery furnace and whatever happened, God was going to take care of them. You see, yet when we say, God, I'm going to trust you, you tell me what to do. And God says, I want you to do this. Well, no, that doesn't match up with what I think makes sense. (laughs) Okay, where's your faith? Well, God, you don't understand. I I was really hoping it would be easier. Whatever God's telling you to do is easier than going into a fiery furnace. Whatever God's telling you to do is easier than being thrown in a lion's den. Whatever God's telling you to do is easier than what many Christians have had to do in their life. Have faith that God's telling you, if God's telling you to do it, that you should do it. And obey what God's told you to do. But so often we we decide that we're going to go back. We're going to go back to our own way, to our own plans, to our own strategizing. Because we're so worried and yet the Bible says be careful or worry for nothing. Trust God to provide for you. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Quit franticing, franticing? that's not a word. Quit being frantic, quit being chaotic, quit running around trying to figure out what's what's happening and just stand still and know that he is God and that what he says is right and follow that. If you look back in verse number four of, of chapter 14, it says, God speaking says, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them and I will be honored unto upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. You see, by not going back, the Egyptians are going to find out who God is. The Egyptians, by the way, are for us a picture of Christ, or excuse me, of the world. And we say we want the world to know Christ. Well, the world's not going to know Christ if we go back. The world will know Christ if we go forward. Because in going forward, the world sees what God does for us. By going forward, God is honored. God is glorified. And instead of going back and living with the world, mingling with the world, being like the world, serving the world, we go forward. And we do what God wants us to do. And by that, the world knows Christ. Number two this morning, I want us to see number ones, don't go back. Number two is very simply go forward. Go forward. In this verse 15, the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speaking unto the children of Israel that they go forward. What was forward, by the way? It's a large body of water. They didn't have any boats. Um, it wasn't an option to go forward at that very moment. One thing about going forward we need to understand is that going forward means there has to be action. We're going to have to do something. By standing still, you don't have to do much of anything. By sitting still, you don't have to do much of anything. But if you're going to go forward, it's going to take some action. Sometimes we pray seeking help from God, but we don't act. We talked about that in the last point, but we just sit here and we are saying, God, I need your help. God, I need your help. God, I need your help. And God's saying, I told you what you need to do. You're not doing the most basic uh, of actions that I've told you to do. That you know you're supposed to do. Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you going to church? Are you trying to learn more of me? The basics you're not going to obey in the basics, then why in the world do you think you're going to obey in the big things? We don't act when God tells us what to do. But it's interesting here that as Moses, and we don't, we don't read of Moses' verbal prayer. Uh, so maybe he did pray a verbal prayer or maybe just in his mind as he's talking here to the people, he's praying and saying, God, please support what I'm telling these people that you will fight for us. And God says to Moses, why or wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak to the people that you go forward. If you look at the situation they were in and where they sat even before Pharaoh's army arrived, they would have had two options, right? Right or left. Go around one way or the other and try that way, which wouldn't have worked in some directions. But anyways, God says, I don't want you to go right. I don't want you to go left. I I would like for you to go forward. Many people try to get creative about accomplishing the will of God, and they try to go right or they try to go left. But in most cases, we're just supposed to press forward. You think, well, how can we reach the world? The world is uh, less open maybe than it's been. Isn't it intriguing that today, September the 12th, if you go back 2001 on September the 12th, it might have been the most open our country has ever been to the gospel. Today, we have tragically changed, and the world wants very little to do with God, and most people don't want to listen to what you have to say about God. And so we think, well, I've got to be creative, I've got to be entertaining. Nowhere in the Bible are you going to read where a Christian is supposed to be entertaining. Well, I've got to be just like them so I can reach them. The Bible tells you the exact opposite, you're a peculiar people. You're supposed to be different. Well, I'm going to berate them until they listen to me. The Bible says, love thy neighbor. and Love thy enemy. Speak the truth in love. We don't have to be creative. We just have to go forward. By just doing what the Bible tells us to do. We try to think of all these different ways. That, and listen, we do events here. and I'm obviously not against events. But our main purpose has to be very simple. And it has to be just going forward with what God has told us to do. And the only way to go forward is if God makes the way. And here the people are sitting here in a large body of water. And God says, Moses, I want you to go forward. Look in verse 19 and verse 20. The Bible says, and the angel of the God which went before the camp of Israel, he was leading and guiding, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these so that the one came not near the other all the night. God was going before the children of Israel, leading them. And then when Pharaoh's army came, he took what he was using to guide and lead put it behind the children of Israel to become protection for them. It separated them from Pharaoh's army. And I was, as I was reading through this passage in these last couple of weeks and looking at this, it made me think for a second, sometimes God makes it hard for us to go back, and we do it anyways. They would have had to gone through the protection to get to Pharaoh's army if they wanted to go back And God was encouraging them, don't go back. Ultimately, that was just my opinion. Ultimately, it was there to protect them and divide them from uh, the Egyptians there. But if anyone was still thinking about going back, it would have been pretty hard hard to do, to go through that pillar pillar of fire. Nonetheless, we see here in verse 16, God tells Moses, lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. God said, Moses, I'm going to make a way, stretch out your rod stretch it out over the sea and divide the sea. God makes the path clear. God doesn't leave you guessing with where he wants you to go. Have you ever prayed, God, give me a sign? And then He dropped one on your head. Uh, God, give me a sign. Show me the way. Make it clear. Make it understandable. And God, (laughs) I don't know if you've done this or not, but I have. And the path seems pretty clear. It's not the path that I wanted. So I'm saying, all right, God, I need another sign. Show me something. And you're kind of like, well, that's not the way I want to go. This path is still a little murky. It's a little, I'm not I'm not sure, I don't understand if I'm supposed to go down this path. Uh, God, make it clear. And God's saying, the path is clear. You 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 know, calling you a name. Uh, and uh, you go down, go down this path. You're like, well, yeah, but God... Make the path clear. And God's saying, it's over here. Uh, God, make the path clear. It's over here. And we're to like, no, but God, I really want to go down this path. But you see, God doesn't make the path that he wants for us murky. He makes it obvious. I grew up around woods, and uh, there were paths in the woods that we'd use for hikes and stuff like that for the campers. And every summer, we'd have to go and clear those paths. I say we, I always weaseled my way out of that part, but uh, uh, somebody had to go and clear those paths and go up with a chainsaw and uh, weed whackers. And, and we still had those like sickle type things that just, I don't know why we had those, but anyways, they had those too. And, and was make sure that the path was clear and obvious because the person that was going to lead the hike hadn't been on the hike yet and they were going to be leading campers and they were going to go one time and show them the trail. And after that, they were on their own. So uh, you had to make it pretty obvious. A lot of times for us, we are on that obvious path and then we something distracts us. And we think, well, maybe God wants me to go here. And we're dodging trees and limbs and poison ivy instead of saying on the clear path that God has presented for us. God says, I don't want you to go over here and I don't want you to go over here. I want you to go forward in the path that I've created for you. And in this case, a miraculous path it was as the water split and the ground dried so that the children of Israel could go through without much heartache, without much um, hard, hard movement. And they began to walk. And in verse 27, it says, And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its strength when the mo- a morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. You see, the Egyptians, as God said they would, followed the Israelites through the dry ground. The Bible tells us, I believe, that as we go forward, God will wipe out our enemies. As we press on, as we don't turn around and go back, as we go forward, and as the, the enemy chases after us, God says, I'll take care of them. You just keep walking. And the sea's closed, and God got his honor. As the soldiers and the army was wiped out that day, in the same sea that God's people walked through on dry ground, Lastly, I want us to see this morning, number one, don't go back. Number two, go forward. Number three, see what God did. Look at verse 31, the last verse of the chapter. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and His servant Moses. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's The place where we start. The fear, proper fear, included with, with, uh, with reverence, an understanding, a, an honoring of the authority that God is. When we start and understand and begin to fear God, that starts our wisdom. And as the children of Israel begin to fear the Lord, and begin to give them some wisdom, This is a God that we need to follow. They'd been in Egypt for some time and they'd been taught the the gods of Egypt. And they'd been trained to worship the idols of Egypt. But what they got to do, because they went forward, they got to see what God did. And they said, yeah, I think I fear that God. The God that split the sea, the God that closed up the sea, yeah, I fear that, God. You see, we don't get to see that, right? We're not going to see God split and divide a river or an ocean or a sea and us walk through it. It's, it's, it's more than likely not going to happen. Is God capable of it? Yes. So that's why I say more than likely, but it's, it's not going to happen. But that doesn't mean that as we go forward, we can't see the great things that God does in our lives doesn't mean that as we go forward, we don't see God's provision for us and God's protection for us and God's help for us. You see, as we go forward, we get to see what God did. And it says there in verse 31 that they believed the Lord. And they believed His servant Moses. What I see from this, Moses and his faith there in verse 14 and 13 and 14, as He's speaking to the people, because He had faith and because He went forward, His witness grew because He didn't doubt. And you see, as we go forward, not only will people believe the Lord, which is our ultimate goal, your witness will grow as well. As you go forward, the people in your life that you love, your family members, your friends, your co-workers that you know are dying and on their way to hell and you want to see them go to heaven as you are, you want your witness to grow, you have to go forward. Because as the God that divided the seas for the uh, is Israel Israelites, as that God divides seas in your life for you to walk through and for you to go forward, the people around you are going to see what God did for you. And that witness that maybe you started with them and they've been very skeptical, all of a sudden that witness is going to start growing. And they're going to begin to see that, hey, what you're talking about is true and is right. And they too will fear the Lord. And they too will believe the Lord. That's our ultimate goal, is it not? As a church, as Christians, we've been given the Great Commission to go into all the world And to preach the gospel to every creature. And our goal is to see people come to the knowledge and the understanding. And the saving grace of Jesus Christ. The people we share the gospel with, we want them to accept the gospel. But that doesn't happen if we're stagnant. And it doesn't happen if we go back. It only happens if we march forward. Our church is at a, a great place We have a good location, we have a good facility, we have good people. But if we just kind of stagnate right here, not much will happen for the cause of Christ. But if we go forward, I believe God will continue to bless and God will use us in a mightier way. And we'll get to see God do things that we haven't got to see him do in the past. And as much as I like you people, I'd like to see some new faces. And I hope that you would too. Hopefully, not as your pastor, but uh, uh, I've been in churches before where there's good people and God had done some good things, but then they just got comfortable. An ideal size. The ideal people. That's not what God intends for his church. Never in the Bible will you read where God tells you, stop. No longer serve me. No longer grow. No longer faithfully attend. No longer faithfully serve. No, he says, keep going. I'll let you know when time is up. Until then, you go forward. And that's what our goal is through the rest of this year and through next year as well, is that as a church, as families, as individuals, that we'll go forward. And by going forward, we'll see God bless and provide and do great things that we can't do on our own. And we can only do it if we go forward with Christ. Lord, help us, I do pray. Help us as a church, Lord, that we would move forward. Help us that uh, as, uh, as we've grown and, Lord, you've blessed, you've done so many great things for us. But, Lord, I pray that we would not be stagnant, but, God, that we would be moving. God, I pray for us as families. Pray for us as fathers. We would lead our homes as husbands, that we would lead our homes. And Lord, that our families will grow go forward for you and Lord I pray for individuals for all of us Lord as it's in our heart we must choose I can say that my family is going to serve you but Lord at the end of the day my wife and my kids they've got to choose to serve you so Lord I pray that you would help us individually that our hearts would be committed to go forward for you and Lord that in each of our lives we will not look back we will not go back and Lord we will not stay where we are but by faith We will move forward. I pray this in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, we're not going to have any music played. I just want to ask you if you would be willing to commit with me to go forward. Would you be willing in your own life, and as a member of this church, would you be willing to commit to God to go forward? We cannot stay where we are. We definitely cannot go back this morning if you'd be willing to commit with me would you just pray and ask God for help surrender it to God say God I'm committing to move forward in my life to serve you to follow you to do what you'd have me to do and then would you also pray God would you help our church and help me as part of the church to go forward as well Lord that we can do what you want us to do that we can accomplish your will for this church for my family and for myself I'm going to give us just a moment of silence and then I'll close in prayer.